Amen. Amen. Good stuff. Good morning, and God bless you. Uh, we love y'all. We're so glad that you're here. Hope you had a good weekend. Uh, we had SEC football uh, kicked off uh, yesterday, so it's back. Uh, Alabama looked pretty good. Uh, I heard Auburn looked pretty good, too. I'll try to keep everybody happy. Uh, and also yesterday, uh, President Trump, he nominated an amazing uh, woman of God uh, to our Supreme Court. So that was pretty awesome. Uh, a lot of amazing, good things going on in the world. I got my hope in Christ today, uh, but it's good when there's some other good things going on in the world, right? Anybody like good news? Yeah, I like good news. Somebody say good news. Yeah. Amen. I got some good news for you this morning about show of money. Amen. We're going to be resuming our message uh, that we started last week. Uh, I love the title of this message. It's, it's a little different, right? And so the title of our message is Normal is Broke. So be weird, right? Normal is broke, uh, so be weird. Is that statement so true, right? In the world, people are broke, busted, and disgusted. They feel broke. A lot of them look broke. They act broke, and some of them is, <laughs> right? Uh, and I've been there, by the way. Uh, but you know what? Through Jesus Christ, I have experienced financial freedom in my life. And so I, I want to impart that to, to, to us this morning, that that can't happen, uh, and, and through Christ, anything's possible. Amen. And so, well, you know what? N normal is overrated anyway, right? Uh, and God never once in this book does he call us to be normal. He never once calls us to fit in, to blend into the crowd, right? We're called to be holy. Holy means to be set apart. We are supposed to shine and look different. Uh, and you know what? We have a tendency to compartmentalize uh, God and who he says that I am. And you know what? I can live for him spiritually and I can praise him. But when we start talking about your wallet and, and the pastor says that Jesus wants to live in there too, <laughs> right? We're like, whoa, whoa, hold up, man. Do you know God, that God wants to bless you through your finances? Amen. He doesn't call you to live a, a, a normal worldly life, right? Because like we just said, in the world, the normal way to live is, is broke, we, we, we swipe the card, we finance things, we pay for things that we can't afford, right? We extend ourselves, and we wonder why we're so miserable. And we wonder why we don't have any joy, right? Because we're not making enough to, 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 to fulfill the commitments that I have. I'm, I'm overreached, I'm overextended. And God says, if you'd just listen to me, right? I got some plans, I got some practical things. Again, it ain't going to be easy. I'm not saying we have a, a, a quick, easy solution to your problem. Uh, but man, we serve a practical God. Amen. He can help you if you want it. Amen. So uh, let's go ahead and look at that first point uh, this morning. I, I want to go ahead too and just invite you and, and, and hit on what Jessica said uh, to invite you for that opportunity. If you really want to, to, to go to the next level in your finances, that tonight you can go, you can, uh, go to that, the registration at 5 p.m. on our ARAB campus. It's free. Get signed up and, uh, and learn something, right? If you really want to, I challenge you, uh, if you can be there, be there. Amen. It's going to be so worth it. And let me say, you know what? No matter who you are, where you are financially, if you're doing really good, if you're not doing so good, right, we can all get better together, right? Let's do this together, right? We're all, as long as we're striving and going forward, uh, then, then, then God can bless us. Amen. So I hope that's, that's our goal uh, this morning, that even if I, no matter where I am, as long as I choose him and continue to move forward, th amazing things can happen in my life, right? Amen. So let's look at that first point. We, we said this last week, right? Uh, normal is broke, 
So be weird. I'll kind of lay that out for us. Never being weird and so that we never worry about money. Pastor Ian, is that even possible? The Holy Spirit uh, kind of just quickened this in my spirit as I was studying, even yesterday. Did you know that there is a difference between thinking about your money and worrying about your money? There is a difference. And let me tell you, if you are honoring God with the money that he's providing for you, the money that he blesses you with, you don't have to worry about your finances because you're honoring him with what he's given you. We have to think about our money, right? But we're not supposed to be engulfed and sucked into this, this life of, I don't have enough. How am I going to pay these bills? How, I, I'm not making enough. How is this all going to work, right? Because we can, hear me, if we, uh, if we choose God and his ways, you can live a life that way. Are you going to have to think about your money? Yes. Uh, because that's actually how we provide a plan and set up budgets and all these things that we're going to talk about this morning. Because I have to do that in order to find myself in a place of peace, resting in his provision. Right? And, and let me tell you, I, I'm just going to plug this. I plugged it last week because we're really not talking about it in the outline. But your first step to honoring God with what he's given you is you have to give that back to him. How do we do that? We have to be a tither. If you are a faithful believer and you have yet to step into that, that, that thing of faith that says, you know what, no matter what, I'm giving God the 10%, I want to challenge you, man, do that. It's so worth it. Because if you don't do that, did you know that your finances are, are actually still under the curse? The curse of death, decay, and you know we live in a world where death and decay is a real thing. It happens. Things will break down. You'll have emergencies. Uh, and that's why we have to do that, that step one to break that curse. Do those things still happen even though I'm a tither? Yes, but you know what? If I do that, it seems like it sure happens a lot less. <laughs> Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. And so, yes, it's possible. Hear me. If we trust God and we have a plan for our finances, we can live a life uh, that is a lot less worrisome when it comes to our money. Let's look at that next point. Pastor Ian, okay, I hear what you're saying. What, what do I have to do? What's my first step? Your first step to beginning to live this way, other than becoming a faithful tither, is you have to identify your source. Somebody say source. If God is our source, you can rest in the care of God. If money is your source, you will always worry, right? If God is who you trust in for everything in your life, can you rest in his peace? Yes, right? No matter what's going on, you can, you can have this, this inner peace that says, you know what, God, I'm believing in you. I'm trusting in you. You've, you've gotten me through some pickles in the past, right? And you're going to do it for me again, right? Sometimes that has to be our confession of faith. But what happens if you flip that and, and, and your source and your faith is in the amount of money that you have or the amount of money that you don't have? What do our lives look like? A big old roller coaster, Right? Oh, I got $100 extra this week. I'm happy. <laughs> oh, I'm $100 short this week. I'm mad, right? We live, we live a, a spiritual roller coaster up and down life. And that's how the world lives. That's why everyone's so ugly to each other, right? <laughs> Otherwise, everybody's broke, busted, and disgusted. Be weird. Be different. Experience a worry-free worry life if you trust God with your money. And you can you can rest in that peace when he's your source. 
Amen? And, and the answer to all of our problems, the answer to all of your solutions is not more money. It's more Jesus. <laughs> the answer to all your problems and solutions in your life is not more money. Because what does the world say? If you just had more money, you'd be happy. If you just had that new car that the Jones have across the street, man, you would feel so good. And it looks good and it smells good. Right? That's what the world says. And so when your source are those things, materialistic things, and <clears throat> money that we're trying to use to finance to get those material things, I live an up and down life. And I wonder why I don't have any peace. And it's because we're not literally plugged into the source. Right? Last week I, I talked about the source of God being almost like a like an outlet on a wall, right? An outlet on a wall just has so much unlocked, stored potential, right? What do you got to do? You just got to plug something in, right? And some of us just forget. You know what? We trust God with every other area of my life, but I'm, and I'm, I'm on this, this, this wheel like a hamster not going anywhere, wondering why I'm always broke, why I can't get ahead. And it's because we just forgot to plug in to God. and say, God, I need your help, right? When we do that, when we recognize him as our source, we don't always have to worry. That next point. So if normal is broke, be weird. Live life without payments for anything. We can achieve this, but you have to have the same dream for your life that God has for your life. Do you know that God doesn't want his people to be bound by debt? And you know that's exactly what debt is, right? The borrower is servant or slave to the lender. I mean, think of it, think of it uh, even as far back in the Old Testament, uh, in, in Genesis and Exodus, God's people, right? Uh, the Israelites, the, the early Jewish people, they were in bondage, in slavery, in Egypt, right? That's how we live our financial lives, a lot of us. We go to a job that we hate. We don't make enough. We know while we're at that job, I'm already not bringing enough home to take care of all the bills that I have. And I'm miserable at work because I know I'm, I'm extended and bound by and lorded over by this debt in my life. And, and God does not want us to live that way. He wants us to free us, right? Just as he freed the Israelites. He wants to free you. But you got to look to him and, and you got to hear the pastor and you got to trust that, that God will and that he can and that because because maybe we're saying and asking you to tithe what you've never done. You feel like, if I tithe, I just don't have the money, right? I, I can't afford to tithe. If you tell yourself you can't afford to tithe until you can afford to tithe, you will never tithe. That doesn't take faith. And so that's how we demonstrate our trust in him. Amen? That's how we give, we give back. And so that's how we're, we're, we're different. That's how the church is, is different. It's how it stands out. It's how it's... Not normal, it's how we can be weird. Uh, we can attain those things in life, a life without payments for anything. Is it going to happen like this in, in, in a moment? No. It's going to take faith, patience, diligence. It's going to take trust in God. It's going to be being in relationship with other people that have been there, done that, gone through that. People who are maybe already there. I know some people that own everything that they have. Guess what? I try and be friends with those people. Amen? Because I want to do the same thing you got to have the same dream for your life that God has for your life. He doesn't want you bound by debt. And what happens when the church is liberated and freed from the pressure of debt? It's healthier. It's stronger. Then the church can actually help the world, right? We can give more when I have more. 
Does that make sense? Right? I can give more when I have more. Is that, is that like rocket science? No. God wants to give you more. But we have to give to him first. Amen? That next point. So how do I attain this dream, Pastor Ian? What, what do I have to do? What is my next step before tithing and trusting God? The first step to living our lives this way is uh, and attaining a life without payments, debt-free life, is diligence. Somebody say diligence. If God is my source, then money is my servant. I have to rule over it. Right? When, when God is our source and I trust God, do you know that when you, when you live for God, he gives you some stuff? And he gives you all power and authority from heaven? If you call upon it, and if you have a a power and authority, as we read last week, right, to tread on serpents, on cast out demons, then you better believe you have all authority to tell your money where to go, right? You can tell your money where to go, and it's going to take you doing that to get ahead because it's kind of backwards for a lot of people. Uh, Money actually lords over us. And I serve money. Uh, I'm at a job, like I said, that I, I can't stand and I don't make enough. Uh, and I feel like I'm just stuck. That's, become, that's because money has become my God. But when you serve God, now you have authority to tell money and command money to serve you. No, money is just a tool that I need, that I use to take care of my family, to take care of my church to help my family be provided for, to get ahead, amen? And if you see money that way, then God can begin to work in our lives, amen? And so how we begin to take authority over that money and that diligence, that that hard work and patience and faith that it's going to take, how we display that diligence is through a budget, is through a budget. If you've never sat down, wrote how much money is actually coming in, how much money is actually going out, then how are you supposed to know what your next step is? I know for some of us, writing that down is really depressing, <laughs> right? That's why we don't want to do it. Because then the, the, the truth stares me in the face, right? I see the ship that I'm on. But that's your first step, I'm sorry. Because if God says that he rewards the diligent... That he gives more to those who are faithful with little, right? If we want more, we got to be faithful with little. Then if you can't even track your dollars, where they're going, where they went at the end of the month, end of the week, whatever, why would God give you more? If you can't tell God where the money that he's given you is going, then why would he bless you with more? Because you know it all comes from him, right? And how good is that? It all comes from him, but he only asks you to return the 10% that he calls his. He could ask us to return it all, right? But he doesn't because he loves us. And so we have to display that diligence by establishing a budget. We have to write it out, and, and that's how we begin to know the state of our flocks, right? We used that scripture last week. That's the modern-day uh, scripture for why we need to establish a budget, knowing the state of your flocks, right? Back in the day, the flocks was, was your finances, your sheep or, 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 or oxen or cows, whatever you had. That was, that was how they traded. That was their finances. They knew the state of their flocks, how many I got, what type of shape they had. It's the same for our money. 
How much do you have in savings? Do you have any in savings? Do you even have a savings account? Are you, are you paid on Friday and broke by Sunday? Uh, how much money are you spending on essential bills? How much money are you saving uh, each month? Do you have any goals? Do you have any financial goals? What are you saving for? We're going to talk about this stuff this morning because if you, don't, if you don't lay it out through a budget, you don't know the state of your fox. You don't know the status of your finances. And how are you supposed to break through that if you don't know how good or how bad it is? Maybe it's not as bad as you think. Come on, somebody. Maybe it's not. It's really, it's not going to, nine times out of ten, the things we worry and stress about, the things that we think are going to be so painful when you actually sit down and do it, it's like, God, that was not bad. Right? God's got you. He does. He loves you. So go to the next point. <laughs> and, and, and the little bit of motivation, little extra kick in the, the behind that you need uh, to, to establish a budget and begin to have this same dream that God has for your life is you have to begin to look at debt differently. You have to begin to see debt as your enemy. That it's actually from the enemy. It's, it, debt is something that's going to restrict your life. It's going to bind you and, and really bring you into servanthood and slavehood to that debt that's over your life. And so we have to attack debt like an enemy uh, because it does. It, it, it enslaves us, right? We have to see it as something that, that holds me back from not just attaining um, some goals that I want in my life. And you know, it's okay to have good, healthy goals. God wants you to have good things in your life. If, if you want uh, that new car or that new house or that nice underground pool one day in the backyard, right? It's okay to want those things, but it's just the way we get those things is different than the world gets those things. You, by faith, are patient and diligent, and you save up for that thing on purpose, and you live like no one else today so that tomorrow one day you can have it. You don't just go ahead and borrow that money and do it. Does that make sense? So we have to begin to see and look at debt uh, differently. It's that thing that uh, is going to actually uh, kill, steal, and destroy in my life. In Proverbs 22, 7, it says, just as the rich rule the poor, so the borrower, there it is, right, is servant to the lender. The borrower is servant to the lender. I said that I have been broke, busted, and disgusted, uh, and that's an understatement. Uh, I've been there when the, that debt collector is calling 10 times a day. Anybody? Nobody? Just me? Just the preacher? One honest person, God bless you. You ain't there now, though, right in Jesus' name? Come on. But they, what will they do? They will keep calling, and they will keep calling until you go out of your mind. They are going to collect on that debt. If they have to come to your house, they have to repo that car, if they have to kick you out of your house, whatever that debt is, you better believe me, you are servant to that debt. Whatever you signed your name on, uh, they will take everything that you have to get it, right? It's not worth it. It's worth it to trust God now for better things instead of extending myself uh, farther than God calls me to and accepting this extra responsibility that God doesn't call me to do. Amen. That next point. So we have to resist how we continue to fight that, continue to have the same dream that God has for my life, uh, is we also have to resist and see these things, resist the, the comparison and contentment traps, right? Those little snares, those traps, 
when we begin to compare our lives to other people, right? And hear me, whenever you begin to have those thoughts, when you're comparing yourself to somebody else, man, you better take captive of that thought then and now. I cast it down because God never calls us to compare ourselves to anybody else other than Jesus. Uh, but when we, when we find ourselves in those places, uh, somebody who has that, that nice new thing that you want, right? Oh, I get a little jealous and I'm like, man, my life would be so happy if I was like them. Right before I know it, I'm, <laughs> I'm signing on the dotted line. I, uh, I financed it. I used the credit card, right? And now I have this debt in my life. Or if I'm uh, the other trap, the other snare is, is contentment trap. If you just had that one thing, that one thing is all that you need, you'd be happy for the rest of your life. If it's that underground pool, man, I'd like to have an underground pool one day. Is that going to make me happy for the rest of my life? No. I keep talking to people and say, man, don't do it. It's just work all summer long. Hey, man, somebody. <laughs> and so, you know, it's, I know that's not going to make me happy, but what, is, is it a, a, a goal of mine? Yeah. One day we'll have one, uh, and I work all summer, I guess, for the kids <laughs> when I'm home. But those are comparison contentment traps. And so here, I've already said this, but the second part, so we got to live like no one else today. Somebody say today. Uh, so that you can live like no one else tomorrow. See, when you get stuck in that place, you got to realize, you know what? No, God, I'm on this path. I'm on this, this 10-year debt-free plan, and in 10 years, I will have no debt. I'm going to own my cars. I'm going to own my house. I'm not going to have any, any debts other than just my monthly essential living bills, my water, my electric, uh, whatever those are. And what is that going to do? I'm going to live this way now so that I can experience and enjoy the fruits of my labor on down the road. It ain't worth it. I ain't going to compare my life to so-and-so, God, because you don't call me to do that. Lord, in this, this, other, this other trap where my flesh is crying out and thinks it needs this thing that it doesn't even need, and so I'm trusting you, right? These traps keep us in a cycle of death, and they continue to, to pressure us into making bad financial choices. Uh, that's all they'll be, one bad financial choice other, after another. And if you do buy that new car, man... Now you're, you're stuck to that thing for 10, 12 years. You can still buy a good, nice car that you could own, just spend $1,500, $1,200, and you can own that car, right? It may not look as nice. It may not smell as nice as that brand new 2020 Kia of Sereno, whatever you want. But you know what? You're going to live like no one else today so that tomorrow you can have that, have that car. That's your goal. You save up for it now, right? You have a plan. Then you go pay for it in cash, and then you own it later, right? Does that sound good? Yeah, come on. Somebody's listening. You know, Dave Ramsey, he's big on the cash thing. Uh, we don't necessarily use just cash, but we definitely track our dollars and our cents where they're going, amen, at the Westbrook house. The next point. <clears throat> so normal's broke. Let's be weird. That's, what would happen if we could enjoy our entire paycheck Every month. What if you get to that place, like I'm talking about, where you can, you are debt-free, and you can enjoy your entire paycheck every month? You could actually begin to start having these things, saving for these things. Uh, it frees us financially. Uh, it frees us to be able to take more vacations and trips with our families. Uh, it gives us extra peace, extra joy, Right? Uh, and when you trust God and have a financial plan, uh, 
trust God with your financial plan and demonstrate that through the diligence and, and hard work that, you, that we have to do, uh, tracking the amount of money that I make and bring in each month, uh, we can actually begin to enjoy the fruits uh, of our labor. There's something about hard work, determination, setting goals, hitting those goals, beginning to attain the things that I'm dreaming and believing for. When they actually happen, what happens? Are you more thankful for those things? Yes. When you work hard for that thing and that thing happens, we are more thankful. But what does the world do and say, right? Oh, everything. Uh, you don't have to work for, for anything. It sh we should hand out stuff to people for this or for this, right? Or you don't need to earn a, a living. You know, just keep them just enough, right? What does that do? That just... It perverts really the truth of God because I believe in hard work and I believe in, in enjoying the fruits of your labor. And, and, and if you are stuck in a job that you just, you can't stand, you know, you can get out of that, right? If you're in a financial place that you just, you're in, it's, it's tough. We have to begin to make a shift. Something's got to change, right? It's not going to just fix itself. Can I just trust God that he'll just, he'll fix it? <laughs> Sometimes he does. But th that can't leave me in a place of inaction. Serving God doesn't mean I just believe and trust him for miracles. I, he still calls me to do things and practical things. And so, but we can, we can enter into that place. And so that's what I'm talking about. We need to not just work hard and be diligent, but we have to have healthy uh, goals, you know, um, at, me and Jessica, some goals that we have, we have, uh, you know, all the vacations that we take, we have a special vacation fund that through the year we put that money in that savings account for vacations. That's what that money is for, for vacations. We don't spend any other money when we go on vacation. Whatever we have in there is what we use. It sets uh, that goal for vacation and sets that the amount of money that we'll spend when we go. A couple years ago, uh, you know, we did that. We went on a cruise. But now I know when you, when you do that, right, that cruise is a year and a half away and you're saving now, right? But what happened? We got to enjoy the fruits of our labor, the fruits of that goal that was set a year and a half later. We got to live like nobody else on that cruise because we live like nobody else for the rest of the year. Does that make sense? And so that's what we have to do. We have to have these types of things. We have, you know, you have to set money aside for fun money. You know, for the family, or for family nights or date nights with your, with your um, spouse, your husband, or with your wife. Um, and, and that's what helps continue to get us to, to keep working hard. We enjoy the fruits of, of my labor. Because you know what? Y'all probably, if you're like me, you work hard, right, for that money. Do you not? I work hard at Target Pest Control, man. Killing bugs. It, bug life is tough in Alabama, man. There's bugs everywhere. I'm at 15, 20 different houses a day sometimes. So I want to enjoy the fruits of my labor, man. Right? Well, if you're working for that dollar, then do be wise and, and, and save it. Put some away and have goals and, and use this money for stuff. Right? Or, or save that money for that next big thing. What is that next big thing that you want? It's okay to have um, some desires of something you want in your life. If it is a new car, a new house, or if that underground pool. 
Uh, lately for me, it's been new guns. Man, I've been buying up a bunch of guns this last year. Jessica's like, no more guns. I said, but baby, I saved up for my next big thing. I set my goal. I reached it. Now I'm saving for the next one, right? And, and so that's how, that's how we live that out, right? That's how we have on purpose, designate and tell our money uh, where to go. Don't, don't, don't be uh, afraid or shy for setting goals for your life. Uh, sometimes maybe we hold ourselves back because if I set that goal and I don't hit it or something happens, then we like beat ourselves up, man. Failure is part of life. Uh, but if you never try, you'll never know, Right? Activate your faith. Uh, Proverbs 21.5, it says, Good planning uh, and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. Um, hear me. We can't just skip to the good part. You can't just skip to prosperity. It'll take hard work, planning, and diligence, right? Getting your finances in order will take all those things. Hard work, planning, diligence, faith, patience, right? To say, to say no when you need to say no uh, and say yes Yes to God when he asks us to do something. So we can't just skip to, to the end of that promise in that scripture. So that next point. I love this. And hear me. You got to know uh, that there are no shortcuts. Uh, a good plan and hard work brings prosperity and plenty. Uh, we have to refuse the, and believe that lie that there's an easier way. There's just a, this magical answer to my solution that I can just keep living this way uh, and it's, it's one day it's just magically going to change. I'm going to be a millionaire and I'm just going to arrive on a cloud and just like, oh, right? I'm blessed and highly favored. No, it doesn't work like that. All right? we, we said this last week and many of our celebrate uh, people, right? The, the definition of insanity, right, is doing the same thing. Over and over expecting different results, right? It doesn't work. There's not a magical answer. Or, or, or it, 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 we got to look at ourselves. You got to get cool and, and safe with just looking in the mirror and saying, God, I need your dream and vision for my financial life. God, what is my next step? Amen? Because there's no easy way. Um, it's going to take these things. That next point. When I see and recognize that there's no easy way out, I can't just punch a card and, and, and my, my finances magically uh, fix themselves. I have to know that it's going to require a shift in my thinking, a shift in the way that I live, right? And it takes radical thinking. Somebody say thinking. To imagine a debt-free life, and we are radical. Does anybody believe in Jesus Christ in this place? Amen. A couple of you, come on. Do you know that that's a radical idea? That's a radical thought that, that God sent his son, a perfect man who, who, was, uh, who laid his life down for the sins of the world, and we're promised eternal life because of what he did, right? That's a pretty radical idea if you really sit down and think about it. Uh, and so we, we live a radical life, so we need to think radically about our finances. That I'm not called to live the way the world does. That I don't just keep swiping my card or, or getting more... Uh, credit cards, or, or buying three, four cars, or building a big old massive house that I know I can't afford, or, or, you know, whatever it is, I have to have a shift in my thinking, a radical thinking that says, you know what, like we said, I'm going to live today like nobody else, so that tomorrow I can live like nobody else. That's how it works. That's what God calls us to do. And hear me, you can't become uh, debt-free. You can't have a debt-free life if you don't want to. If you don't want to, you don't have to. You, if, you, if you enjoy being on this roller coaster ride of life with your money, 
When you got enough, you're happy, and when you don't, you're miserable, and when the car breaks down, uh, you don't know what to do, and if you like that, you can stay on that ride all day long. But in order for us to begin to believe that that can happen, it has to start with our thoughts. And you have to begin to change the way that you think, not just about your money, but the way you see debt, uh, the way that you, you trust God, even, uh, and that these things, these principles really can and do work. Amen. Let's look at the next point. So if normal is broke, be weird. You don't have to be afraid of losing your job because you have saved and have no payments. Think about that. Think about the beginning of this year. Did anybody expect or plan for COVID-19 to take over the entire world? No. We shut down our economy. The world literally shut down. Could anybody see that coming? No. There was a lot of people, millions and millions and millions of people that didn't see that coming that lost their job. That maybe still are not working. Because of that. Hear me. The idea, the whole point uh, of what having a plan means, right, is having a plan so that when uh, something happens that's not in the plan, I have one. (laughs) Right? That's what having a plan means, is you plan for the things that aren't in the plan. None of us planned for COVID-19. And so we have to be diligent and have established these accounts, these these savings accounts, these emergency funds that we're going to talk about here in a moment, other types of things, money designated for certain things, fund money, vacation money, so that when, if something like this, God forbid, did happen, you know what, that I could, I could uh, if I lost my job, God forbid, I could, I could show up to my family and say, you know what, I lost my job today, but you know what, we've been faithful and we got three to six months of cushion before God opens a new door, right? Because I've stored maybe some money away for three to six months to pay my bills, right? Would that be some good peace to be able to give your family on a bad day? How could it look if you didn't do those things, right? What are we going to do? And that breaks my heart. I mean, that happens every day. It's normal to be broke. God calls us to be weird. Right? Proverbs 22, 3. It says, A prudent foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. The prudent foresees danger. You got to know that things will happen. The car will break down. The air conditioner on your house will break down. Uh, flat tires. Kids get sick. Uh, you got to go to the doctor. Uh, emergency trips here and there. Things happen. So a prudent person, a man of faith, foresees those things and plans for them. Point blank. A man of faith, a woman of faith, knows that those things will happen, and they plan for them. They plan in case something happens that's not in the plan, you have one. No savings means no precautions have been made. If you don't have any money sitting back, then you, you are in a dangerous place. Things happen and, and things break. Amen. Let's look at the next point. I kind of got ahead of myself a little bit. I'll try and reel this in for us. So we have to learn to take some baby steps. Oh, that's what we're calling. Maybe, maybe for some of you, these, these are gigantic steps. I don't know. Wherever you're at in your finances. I don't, the point of this message is not to call anybody out. 
Like I said at the beginning of this, right? We're all hopefully striving to get better, right? But baby step one, right, is you got to establish some savings. You need to put away some money for just those things. Uh, Pastor Jessica and myself, uh, we actually have two emergency funds. Uh, each have $1,000 in them. Uh, we each had that before we got married. Uh, and then when we came together, uh, we just decided to keep both because $2,000 stored away for emergencies is better than $1,000, right? Uh, but, but, the, but that money is strictly for that, right? They do not, we don't take money out of those for anything other than when an emergency happens and then we go ahead and replenish it. Uh, kind of a funny story. We were freshly married maybe three or four months and uh, my, my truck, my, I was the old Danger Ranger, man, uh, had like 3,000 miles on it, rolled over three times, uh, died. Uh, and we had to get a new car. And guess what we did? We didn't go to the, the, the thing and go finance a brand new car. Now we bought a, a newer used car from somebody from the church, uh, paid for it in cash. Uh, it was great. And then about a month later, guess what happened? The transmission went out. And the re- enough that it was going to cost to replace the transmission was as much as the car cost. <laughs> and Jessica, man, she's not in here right now, but she'd be going, she'd be going, ah, she'd be groaning back there if she was. Uh, she, it was painful for her spending that money because you know what? Just because that money's there for the emergency doesn't make it any less painful when you got to use it. No, right? So she was really, she was really battling through that. And I, as the husband, I had to be, uh, you know, the, the, the positive one. Uh, and so I was just like, babe, I said, praise God. I said, that money fulfilled its purpose. We didn't, have, we didn't get overextended. We didn't have to borrow from anybody. That money, we had, and we had 2000 it, it fulfilled its purpose. And so, and so praise God. That's what it's used for, right? And then what happens? Then you go ahead, you replenish it, and then it sets for the next thing. Uh, and our little air conditioner this year on our new house uh, has been kind of having some problems on it, so I've been kind of putting some money in it. But we didn't, you know, that money is there for that reason. So if you do not have a, a, an emergency fund today, Tomorrow, get started. Get that built up and let that set and don't touch it. Amen. Step two, uh, we have to start paying off our debts, right? You start, like um, Dave Ramsey says, at the smallest debt first. It becomes a snowball thing. You got to start the smallest debt because you got to get some victory in something. Uh, you start that, that little one and then what happens? You begin to believe it. You can actually do this. You knock that one out and then whatever you was paying on that one, you go ahead and pay it on the next one. Before you know it, you get them all knocked out. Uh, and me and Jessica, we, are, we have already done that actually too. I'm not trying to brag on us. I'm just trying to explain where we're at. Uh, and literally all we have is our, uh, our debt is our, our new house uh, and, and her car, her newer car. And we are way ahead since we don't have any other debts. We're putting our, any extra money on that car to knock that out so that all we have is that, that home, right? Uh, so that we can begin to get that paid off even quicker. That, and then step three, and this is where we, Pastor Jessica and I, have really uh, dropped the ball, and this is kind of our challenge. So hopefully you're in, in this somewhere, you know what your next step is, and this is our next step. We need to begin to save for three to six months of living expenses. And you got to do your budget, you got to find out what are your essential bills, how much does it cost to stay in your house, have it, have electricity, have water, all that stuff, the stuff that you need for three to six months. Save that and put it aside and don't touch it in case, like I said, if, God forbid, you lose your job, something happens, something crazy, another pandemic, that you can go to your family, like I said, and be like, you know what? I lost my job, but us, the Westbrooks, we're going to be okay for a little bit. 
until God opens the door, right? Because things happen. So that's, these are great. These are all great goals, steps that we can take in the right direction, right? And until, until our desires begin to change, like I'm saying, until you begin to desire these things, uh, then nothing's really going to change. You have to begin to see these things. It's not restricting your life because you're saving. It's actually empowering you for when things do happen that you can soar, right? Through, through the tests, trials, whatever it is that, that is going to happen, that can happen. The cool thing is, when we find freedom ourselves, we can give freedom to the world, right? Let's look at that next point. So normal is broke, be weird. And so when I'm free, when I have established all those things, and I, I have the joy of the Lord, I can rest in his provision, uh, it can, I can begin to impact other people that I come in contact with. I can begin to impact my neighbors, uh, strangers, all across the world with your outrageous generosity, right? And that's what God really wants to do through us. Because if he can take those limitations off us, now it frees me to begin to love on other people, right? Uh, and talk about being weird compared to the world, right? What does the world do? And even believers do it. They're not trying to help their neighbors. What are they trying to do? They are competing with their neighbors, right? They're trying to get one over on each other. Uh, and so when we, when we get spiritual freedom, we begin to bless other people because of the blessings that we have. Does that look different? Yes, it sure doesn't. What's the goal of what we're trying to do? We're trying to save people for the glory of God, right? So souls, right? Salvation. And so the goal is to find people come to know Christ, right? That's our goal. And so hear me. Sometimes, man, when you, when, when you go love on somebody who is in a bad place, and you're able to maybe bless them with some money to help them, that is good, excuse me, say something more than anything you ever said or anything you're ever going to preach to them. Has, has anybody ever blessed somebody with, with some money or, or something that they paid, amen, some, paid a bill for somebody? What happens in that moment, right? Like they are like hopefully very thankful and it provides a moment, an opportunity, right, for you to begin to share your faith. And sometimes that is, can say something more than you could ever say is when you just bless somebody. And I believe that's what God really wants to do in and through us. Like we're, we're trying to raise those coins for Uganda. Man, our change, the stuff that, we just, that just sits around collecting dust is like gold in Uganda. Jimmy was telling me that those teachers live on $28 a month. We spend $28 on on popping cigarettes, right? So that money can go a long way. We could bless people. We can really bless people with, with the blessings that we have. Proverbs eleven twenty five, 25. Uh, the generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. When you give, it'll be given unto you, Right? Proverbs 22, 9, he who has a generous, I will be blessed, for he gives of his bread to the poor. We give of ourselves. The things that we have, we give it to other people. And hear me, the, the reason, why, what is the reason that we're doing these things? It's not so that I get more blessings from God, right? It's because I love. Everything that we do has to be rooted in the love of God. Let's look at that next point. So outrageous generosity is the key, somebody say key, to outrageous uh, wealth and prosperity because your giving determines the measure given back to you, right? 
Our financial freedom frees us to become more of, of a blessing to the world, to other people. And if it doesn't just free us, then it begins to liberate and free other people. Luke 6, 38. It says, give. Somebody say give. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, right? Shaken together, running over to be put into your bosom. For the same measure that you use, it'll be measured back onto you. That's an awesome verse, right? That's a promise from God. People get fired up and stirred up when they read that, but I want to go ahead and redirect your attention. What is the first word in that verse? Give. The rest of that doesn't mean anything unless you first give. If you don't give, the rest of that will not apply to you. For God so loved the world that he gave, right? Because God loved, he gave. I don't just give of myself, my time, my energies, my sacrifices, my money, my finances, so that I can have all the blessings of God running over, smashed down, back into my bosom, overflowing. No, I do it because God loved me first, so then I demonstrate my love to others. Right? Why are we doing what we're doing? Because God loved me first, so I'll love others. Right? That last question. What does a person with no debt and no payments do? Answer, anything he or she wants to do. You know what that sounds like to me? Freedom! Come on, freedom! I love me some freedom. Freedom. Yeah, freedom's good. When you don't have any debts, when you have a plan, when you trust God... If you continue to have that dream that God has for your life, you can enter into a place of freedom. I know I'm not a good singer, but you know what? It's going to stick in your head today. Y'all be at lunch with the family talking about freedom. Yeah, we're not going out to eat today, so we can have freedom. We're going to eat at home and save some Monday. Right? Water? Yeah, no, no pops. Amen, but... I'm going to reel this in, dial us back in. We're having too much fun this morning in church. And so that's how, that's how we got to live this out, right? And you got to believe it, and you got to have that dream, like I'm saying, kind of beating that nail on the head all morning, to have that same dream for your life financially that God has for you. Because he doesn't want you bound by debt, amen? He loves you. He cares about you, and he wants to help you, amen? <clears throat> amen. Will you all join me in prayer before we go ahead and dismiss and not go, sorry, I went a little long this morning. Um, Lord, Father, God, Lord, we, uh, we thank you. Uh, Lord, I thank you for your, your spirit and your joy and peace uh, that comes with it. Father, Lord, and I, I pray right now, God, that you would just, um, not just waken us up, God, but, but resensitize us to our finances. God, that we literally see how blessed we are to live in the nation that we do. Uh, and that we literally throw $28 away on all sorts of junk that we don't even need and $28 in a place like Lear, Uganda could go a long way to help real hurting, broken people. God, so that we would, um, we did not just answer that call, but maybe it would change the way that we begin to look at the dollar and how we spend it and the responsibility that it, that it means. Not just to be a believer, but to be a blessed um, Christian living in the United States today. Father God, we have the holidays coming up and so many great opportunities, coats for kids and angel trees for families that, that maybe need presents for their kids coming up, uh, coin drive uh, for Lear Uganda, 
I pray that it would just uh, wake us up and shake us to see that, you know what, I do have enough money to give. I'm not as poor as I think I am, and I can make a difference. Lord, so we thank you for that. Do that in your church today. Uh, I want to extend this, this next moment here for a, a quick altar call. If you're here today, and I know we're talking about money and finances, and um, if you want to begin to try and take control of your finances and have authority over it, uh, you'll never be able to do that if, if Jesus Christ is not first your Lord and Savior. Um, so if you're here this morning, and maybe you've never made that, that, that uh, decision for Christ, uh, you've never said, you know what, I want God to be the Lord of my life. If, if you've never done that, or maybe you have, and maybe you just need restoration day, you've fallen away, and uh, you just want to uh, get back into his good graces, this moment's for you. You're either or. You've never have uh, accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, or you have and fallen away and want to again today. Right now is your moment. Everyone's praying for you. Uh, no one's looking at you, but I want you to just stand up right now, wherever you're at, all across this place, in the sanctuary. If you want your life to change, if you want to accept God in your life to be Lord and Savior, right now is your moment. You just stand up. No one's looking at you. No one's watching. This is you, your moment between you and God. A few more seconds. If that's you today. Don't let this moment pass you by. A few more seconds. Amen. Well, God, we thank you again. I uh, thank you for who you are. I thank you that you love us, uh, that, you, that you're with us, that you care about us. Lord, so be with us now as we go as we get to spend time with our families and enjoy the rest of our Sunday and our freedom in this country. Uh, in Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen.